You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and heavy-laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. We are continuing to talk about how the gospel shapes the uncomfortable conversations of life. We're thinking about someone who has reached out to us for help and could be in a dark place or experiencing some relational difficulty, trying to answer the question of how do we journey with people with God's word? Perhaps it's doing a Bible study. You know, whatever it may be, the beauty of biblical care is not just to hear the word proclaimed, but to also ask the Holy Spirit to apply God's word personally, and then to journey with others through the word, to discuss doubts, to discuss fears, maybe confusion that we're facing. To care for someone in this moment is to come alongside of them with the gospel and walk through these things together. So last week, we saw in First Peter, people coming in and asking for help what it looks like to be a person that says, I'm ready for change, that I want to be sober-minded, that I want to set my hope completely on the grace that God gives. And then we talked about what we would say in that moment if somebody came to us with with that need, as the gospel does, we too would assure them that although talking about our struggles and sin and the difficult things in life can be costly, there is hope as we look forward to the living and enduring word. Now we see this costly conversation. And typically what the Bible says the world hates. And David, believers struggle with these truths as well. Now what does Peter say here that applies uh, to what we're talking about? Yeah, uh, Tyler, I I think this is an interesting conversation because uh, if we were sitting with... um, First Peter, or we were sitting with Peter, and he came to our chapter two. So let's just say that that's the the second session that uh, the Gospel of Peter meets with in our life. This would just be a very, I think, it'd be a very uncomfortable conversation. Um, we we, as you mentioned, we've heard about the living and enduring Word of God. We've been um, born anew, all the blessings of God, and we tell Peter. Uh, what we're going through, as you mentioned, whether that's, you know, going through some some depression or maybe some relational friction. And then Peter says this, um, have you ever considered this, that you are a malice person or a person filled with malice? And because that's an older word that we don't usually use, you'll ask Peter, well, what, what do you mean um, that that I'm filled with malice? And he would say, well, um, malice is... Um, we are bent on destroying people. Uh, we think of ourselves that much that we're bent on destroying relationships or bent on destroying those that we love um, or, or hope in people or whatever, whatever else it might be, even bent on, on destroying our own lives. And, uh, and then you might say to Peter, well, Peter, like, give me some examples about how that can work out in our relationship. And that's what Peter does. He gives, he gives four examples. And I think the four examples can be divided up into two pairs. He says, this is what's going on in our heart often, um, as we battle against our, our sinful desires. Uh, he talks about, we can be filled with deceitfulness. So deceitfulness is an, is a way that we, uh, live out our malice, that we live out our our relationships, 
um, and how we can destroy them. Deceitfulness is that we just say things that simply aren't true. Uh, hypocrisy is the next form of malice. Um, and hypocrisy is really not so much what we say, although it can be and, and can be a large part of it, but it's more that we don't live out the truth. So deceitfulness comes from our word. Hypocrisy comes from our life. And you can just imagine how that would destroy relationships, how that just those three words could destroy um, a marriage or a friendship or, or a church um, with malice, deceitfulness and hypocrisy. And then he goes on to talk about envy. Uh, now, we might look around at other relationships or if someone's going through depression and it could add to their depression, you know, what God has not given them or they're not like the other people. And that can easily lead to how we slander other people. That's an uncomfortable conversation. So a couple walks in and you want to sit down and talk first, Peter, and you say, well, first, before you look at the relationship, consider your own heart and ask, are you filled with malice? Um, and it works itself out in deceitfulness or hypocrisy or envy leading to slander. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, or should I really say, we often uh, don't like people speaking into our lives like this, David. Uh, how do we handle rebuke gracefully? Somebody comes to us, what should be our go-to response? Should it be our feelings, emotion, our anger? Um, or should we perhaps be silent in the moment? What would be your advice? Yeah, these are never, I mean, these are just, these are just uncomfortable. The Bible brings us into uncomfortable conversations because if that's in our hearts, um, if, if we're deceitful, if we're filled with deceit, then we can be deceiving ourselves that we're not that deceptive. Or, you know, it's, it's like we can see the speck in the, the person's eye that's far away from us, but we can't even see the log in our own eye. So in a marriage, the other person will see the other person's hypocrisy very clearly. Um, and they will, they will give times, dates, they will maybe even have journaled um, everything that the other person has done wrong, or, or maybe it's a friendship or in a church. Um, but we don't see the hypocrisy in our own life. Uh, and, and that's where relationships grounded in the gospel are so important. That, and we've spoken about this before, but we begin with a place of weakness. Um, we begin with a place that, that we will sin in our relationship. We are this broken down people who desperately need first Peter chapter one, that speaks of all the work of God that's done in us. Um, and we cannot do that work. Well, we are those who naturally slander other people. Um, we are those who naturally envy other people. So if Peter is having that kind, if we're sitting down with you know, pastoral care, shepherd care, Peter. And he speaks into our life like that. I think the first place um, to handle someone who, who speaks that honestly into our life is, um, as, and, and I think you mentioned it, and that is to understand that we need that. Um, it, it's, it's hard. It's never easy because we, we don't believe ourselves to be that way, but that is just part of the gospel message. So, um, when we first came to Jesus, or if you were saved over a period of time, uh, we received, um, the word of Jesus saying that we were sinners and we needed his grace and forgiveness. And what took place there is what should be taking place regularly in relationships. And that is 
we receive that we continue to struggle with our sin. You see that in chapter 2, verse 11. Um, and it brings us to a place of repentance, an examination and repentance. And that's where an uncomfortable conversation should lead us. Um, and so many relationships who are, are who are struggling um, never get to a place where, okay, I that's me. Um, that this is the way that sin worked out in my life, and and I just need to repent. Now, the other part of it is um, we we lay ourselves ultimately before the Word of God because. When a person confronts us, they may misunderstand us. Um, yeah. It, it may, yeah. not everything they're saying may be true, but are there elements of that? And there probably are because we know that sin remains in our heart. So we take that and ultimately examine it before God. Um, and then we begin to talk about that with one another and say, well, I understand that. I may not understand that, but thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, but that... That's that's hard. I'm just going to say that's hard because usually if you're in a broken relationship, it's a lot about defending. Um, it's a lot about proving um, that, that we're not who that other person might think we are, all of those types of things. And, and that may be helpful is, too, just to know it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah, that, that is tough. And what, what do you think Peter would say to the person who's afraid of, of having that honest discussion about their sin. Uh, somebody who, who knows that, yes, they need to go and talk to somebody about it. They need to get help. They need to reach out to somebody else in the body of Christ for that, for that care, for that, for that help. But they're just, they're just afraid. They're afraid of what that person's going to think. Maybe they've been burned in the past uh, by somebody else that they've been honest with. Uh, but what would Peter say to that person that is just that knows they need to have the conversation, but is struggling with stepping out and and doing so? Yeah, the, uh, Tyler, that's such a great question because it it really is, I think, in many ways, the theme of First Peter. Um, and uh, I think you and I talked about this a bit after last week's podcast. But Peter was once a man without hope. Uh, when he denied Ooh. the Savior three times, um, it seemed at that point like he had lost hope. And then the death of Jesus, again, losing hope. And you can imagine the impact of the resurrection that that had on, on Peter. So I don't think it's surprising that we see a main theme in, in Peter's um, epistle uh, is hope. And that's what happens if we don't have uncomfortable conversations. We lose out on the hope um, that is found in repentance um, and the healing that takes place, the relational healing, or if someone's walking in darkness and in the sense of depression, the, 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 the healing that can take place where God can bring us out of darkness. And that's what verses two and three are about. Um, verse one is that uncomfortable conversation. And then verses two and three are really um, a place of hope. So there, there's three G words. Um, that I use that for, for Peter to, that the ways that, that inspire us or, or spur us on to have these, these difficult um, conversations, uh, these uncomfortable conversations. First is these uncomfortable conversations um, take time. So that's why Peter talks about growing up. 
uh, like newborn infants, desire the pure of milk, the pure milk of the word, so that you may grow up into your salvation. Uh, sometimes we have these conversations and we think, okay, one uncomfortable conversation, that'll be good. But if, if our relationship is in friction, um, we have to understand that we need to grow up. And what that means is that God is going to take his time with us. Um, an infant doesn't become a, a toddler immediately. And sometimes that's what relationships need is just patience. The other person, all things being well, um, the other person is is growing up and you're growing up. So the hope of, of growth in a relationship. Um, the second G that Peter gives is, if you, um, so that you may grow up into your salvation, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. Um, there is a goodness uh, to a, to a, um, an honest, uncomfortable relationship at times. It produces goodness. Uh, and uh, that's a quote from Psalm 34. And Psalm 34, uh, you know, speaks of, of someone who's just going through all sorts of difficulties. Uh, and he's he's struggling with that in his life. And um, the psalmist at the, near the end says, um, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So we grow up, um, we experience the goodness of God. Those who are crushed in spirit, how many people walk in and they're just crushed in spirit? Um, and so uncomfortable conversations lead us to the goodness of God. And then finally, um, you set goals with the couple. Uh, cool. And the goals are, um, in verse 5, um, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And then verse 7, so honor will come to you who believe. What is the opposite of uh, malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander? Well, those aren't acceptable to God. Um, they're not an honorable way to live. So on one hand, you're confronting the sin. And then on the other hand, you're turning them to Christ and say, okay, what would it look in your relationship for your Christian life to be acceptable? Um, are, is, is what you're doing right now acceptable? Um, what would be honorable um, instead of, and, and then you work through an example of maybe a difficulty they've gone through in their life and you say, okay, where, where did you find malice or hypocrisy or envy in that? And now what, what, what is honorable in the relationship? Thank you, David. And thank you for taking the time to show us how the truth of the gospel becomes a framework for how we can have difficult conversations and also how we're to care for one another well. And thank you for encouraging us that the hope that we have in the gospel brings us to taste and see that the Lord truly is good.